Kara Barbrick with the Space Foundation, and you're listening to the Space For You podcast. Space For You is designed to tell the stories of the amazing people who make today's space exploration possible. Today, we are joined by Dr. John W. Olver from Imashield. Dr. Olver is the president, CEO, and founder of Imashield Incorporated, located in Blacksburg, Virginia. He is the recipient of a Bachelor of Science degree in civil engineering from Lafayette College. He continued his higher education at Virginia Tech, where he received a master's and doctorate degree in engineering. He is a registered professional engineer in numerous states and a member of various professional organizations. In the early 1970s, Dr. Olver started Olver Incorporated and Olver Laboratories Incorporated. His company served major corporate clients throughout the world on environmental and chemical engineering matters and provided complete environmental testing, pilot plant evaluations, chemical engineering process design confirmations, and biological monitoring. Dr. Olver founded a large privatization company in 1991 and served as president until 2001 when it was sold to private investors. He currently serves as a managing partner of Ursa Major, a real estate management company. Dr. Olver is also a managing member of a company which provides pipeline condition monitoring in oil fields and petrochemical plants. Dr. Olver has published many technical articles on the environment, chemistry, physics, and heat transfer, and has over 20 patents or patent applications in numerous industries. Welcome, Dr. Olver. It's a pleasure to be here, Kara. Thank you for having me. You are clearly an entrepreneur and a man of many talents. (laughs) Well, I I do enjoy starting companies and and moving science and engineering forward and technology. And that's been kind of my history with various companies. And one of the most exciting ones has been starting EmaShield and taking NASA technology and getting it out to the public so it can be used in ways other than just space travel. So it's been exciting. So what led you to founding Emashield then? We were looking to commercialize uh, without going into a lot of research. And we were looking for uh, research that had already been done. And through that, we perused Department of Defense, NASA, and other, and we found a technology that came out of the X-33, X-34 program called protective ceramic coating. And we called Moffett Field, California, NASA, technology transfer, and the rest became history. We licensed the technology from NASA, and we then went embarked upon about two years of detailed studies to improve the technology from where it was in the X-33 program. And we advanced it into applications in metals, ceramic fiber, refractory, and most recently textiles. So we thought when we we saw this initial technology that it had great potential and in a broad area and has proven to be the case. Tell me in a little bit more detail, what does the technology do? Emissivity is a concept defined as a, every body in the, in the world, any object has an emissivity and a reflectivity. And emissivity is the ability of a body to absorb radiant heat 
and then re-radiate it at uh, different wavelengths. So it can be used in heat shields, it can be used in cooling of power lines, it can be used in, in thermally enhancing clothing. So what it really does is high emissivity materials came out of the space program. A lot of people didn't understand what the word emissivity meant and what it means to today to us and to utilizing it in our many industries is we're enhancing the thermal performance, be it heating or cooling of any material like a piece of metal. Uh, it could be a piece of refractory in a furnace. And so what we're really doing is taking the technology from NASA and making composite materials and structures that enhance cooling and or heating up for an industrial process or everyday use in clothing or anything like that. So it's all about heat and heat transfer. Which is obviously a major concern for NASA. What solution did this technology provide for them? It was originally designed to replace the space shuttle's heat shield, which was reaction cured glass. The X-33, X-34 needed something more robust for that. And so Moffett Field, California and Langley, Virginia, worked on about 10 years plus of studies to improve upon the the space shuttle's original heat shield and came up with a protective ceramic coating. And from there, we took it and advanced it even further. And so even down today, we continue to be actively involved in aerospace and in things like rocket nozzles to keep them to temperature the nozzle down and flying in outer space. We're in satellites and things like that. So we truly have continued what NASA wanted us to do, which was not just commercialize it and take it into petrochemical and food processing and that, but to utilize it in, in the aerospace industry. And so we've advanced it. And we believe we now have some products that a lot of our clients in aerospace like to use our products. And we've kept it very simple. We did not want to, two things when we advanced this technology, we wanted it to be environmentally friendly. Uh, we didn't want any hazardous materials or any organics in it. We, so we kept it water-based and we wanted it to be uh, able to be applied by simple techniques, nothing exotic like a chemical vapor deposition or something like that. So we have, we have succeeded in both of those and you can now coat our products with simple devices you could buy from a hardware store and apply them as long as you have the metal clean or whatever your coating is properly cleaned. I had no idea that you had done all the background on being environmentally friendly and, and making it so simple. I, I guess I just assumed it would be a very complex process. <laughs> no, it's, it's quite simple because we have to be able to ship our product around the world. We have installers around the world that are, we have certified and trained. And when it arrives, they have to take it out into a plant setting for example, in a petrochemical plant in Saudi Arabia, as an example, and they have to be able to apply it uh, inside a furnace or on process to relatively easily and make sure it works. So yes, we spent a lot of time making it simple and keeping it simple so that it could be used in areas uh, other than just a, a plant application. We have many of our applications are in, in our plants. We have a production plant but 90% of our applications are out in the field. 
So they're actually carried on planes or trains. The material is and the equipment to apply it. It has to be easy to do. And it, we also have to be able to cure it very quickly and easily in ambient conditions of outside under anything from very hot conditions in Saudi Arabia to cold conditions in the winter. So it's a pretty broad range that we work in and in the application process. You know, you talk about shipping it around the world and all these different places. So obviously emissivity is important here on Earth. What are you helping with your product? We're in heat transfer and cooling. So people think when you say the word uh, a high emissivity material, you realize that it can help you in heating or cooling. And I'm going to give you two examples. A normal refractory in a, in a refinery a wall is has burners that are natural gas and you're heating up crude oil to make it into gasoline diesel fuel, et cetera. And the refractory surface in there is very poor at re-radiating heat to the tube. So by coating the refractory, we then make the refractory give about 10 to 20% more energy efficiency. More energy goes to the tube. So what does that all mean? I can make, we can, as a result of coating a refractory wall, you can make more gasoline cheaper with less energy so you're making it also, therefore, with less CO2 emissions. So that's one example of on the heating side. On the cooling side, we have a patent uh, with another company on cooling power lines. These large power lines you see crisscrossing the United States, uh, they get about 200 degrees centigrade in the summertime. They heat up. And when they heat up, they become very inefficient at transporting electricity. And we lose a lot of electricity to heat. And we want to really push it on to the consumer and to, to uses there and not lose it from the power plant to the consumer. So if we can keep the line cooler, then we can transport more power and less is lost uh, and it can go to the end user. And by coating the outside of the power line, just the outside, we can keep it about 30% cooler, which means you can put about 30% more energy over into the transportation to get it to the consumer and therefore you become more efficient in your power grid. So would this prevent things like your brownouts that you hear it about? Would help. Yeah, it would help because a power line sag when they get very hot in the summertime and, and when the demand for electricity is up and therefore the temperature line goes up. And if they sag and then they hit a tree and ground out, then you have brownouts. So yeah, this is a, another way of just taking a high technology and uh, coating an aluminum conductor and making that conductor more efficient. And so everything we do, uh, I stress the words, we're making what are existing materials more efficient thermally, be it cooling or heating and, and whatever it might be. And when you take this into textile, we were approached about eight years ago and said, would we work in textile? At first we said yes, but no, because we said we couldn't quite imagine how we were going to uh, explain emissivity into textiles. Okay. So uh, we made powders of uh, high emissivity materials that came out of the NASA license. And we made materials that will allow a t-shirt to be warmer in the winter and cooler in the summer. We've done glove inserts, we've done parkas. And so you can, you, you don't see as big a difference, but if, if a, the human body sees about a five degree Fahrenheit improvement in warmth or on a piece of clothing or cooling, that's significant. The body says, oh, 
whatever you're wearing, boy, this thing really works much better thermally. And so we're, we've gotten that and we've put, been able to put the powders into a fiber. So this is very nanoparticles we've made and uh, then spin it into as a yarn. And we've also been using it as coatings onto fabric. So there's a broad range of areas that we focus on, but our primary areas are what we call chemical process industries, which are petrochemical, uh, refining, uh, oil refining. We're heavily involved in, in that. We're in glass plants throughout uh, the world. We've done about 170 plus glass plants where you melt glass and by making putting the coatings on the interior of the glass plant, it becomes more efficient. So, and then we're in iron and steel and we're right now doing a lot of work just starting into the ethanol business uh, helping ethanol plants make a gallon of ethanol with less fuel, uh, less less natural gas. And we've completed one project and we're hoping to, to work with all the major ethanol suppliers in the United States and, and around the world. This is just so many areas that you're covering. And again, like you said, who would have thought it could go into textiles? It is. And we even have a patent on baking breads. And I think, uh, you know, one of the hardest things we've had in starting Emashield is to not chase shiny objects because there's there's a great <laughs> tendency to say, well, this would work over there. And yeah, it probably would. But we, we have to stay focused with where we uh, will grow the most and what the biggest impact. So that's been one of our, our biggest challenges. But yeah, we, we are in baking and we improve the performance of large commercial baking ovens and we have patents on that so we we've been involved in a lot of area but we stayed basically in petrochemical iron steel and then obviously glass and we do that worldwide and we are the only material out there uh, there are some other different types of high emissivity materials that have, that have been uh, formulated out of Oak Ridge and that, but we're the only one out of NASA and we're the one of the only ones that is that are high temperatures, very high wow. temperatures that we can take that came out of the space program. And I would point out that when, when you look at the license that we got from NASA, they studied about a hundred plus compounds of high emissivity and can you imagine the combinations of weight of each of those that you can put together to invent new products so one of the things that people always ask me is how advanced is the technology completely matured from the research and development side or <laughs> where are you and i i usually answer that by saying well we're about 30 percent into it now we have still have Things There are compounds we haven't tried yet that were in the original license. We know about them. We also have been excited. We have ongoing research and development. We find we can improve our existing products. And that's what we're all about, to try and stay ahead of the curve, but also to come up with new ideas that will even work better than the old ones that we had. So our product advancement is is kind of along the lines of uh, like you, you see the iPhone, how it's advanced and it has a different number. We actually use a different numbering system on our products to show oh, clients nice. that, hey, this is product five, but this next one is 5.1. So you can look at it and say, oh, 5.1 must be better than five. And the answer is yes, it is. So you just continue to innovate and never stay stagnant. You're just constantly improving what you've already done and creating yeah, more. 
Yeah, the combinations of emissivity agents that you can and fillers and binders that you can put together in making a new product, as we call it, is quite broad. There are probably uh, 100,000 different products you could make. Obviously, we're not going to do that, but we're we right now at about 40, and we're we're taking some of those that, that have been around uh, what's what is what is good to know. Some of the products we invented 15 years ago are still some of the best, but some of the others we have advanced forward by by changing particle sizes, the amount of the emissivity agent in a particular formulation, and that gave us a new product and new performance. Can you give us a maybe a sneak peek into anything your R and D has coming? We're now advancing some things in flare systems around the world to make the flares last longer. We're working with some major company to give longevity to the flares and increase their performance because flares are used throughout uh, oil and gas production all around the world. So we're, we're advancing that. We're advancing some things on satellite nozzles. And we're also uh, advancing some things in petrochemical. And what, what does all that mean? Well, if we can if we can improve combustion efficiency and the transfer of heat in any furnace, we're going to be able to make whatever that product is that furnace is making, whether it's bread or iron and steel or a petrochemical like ethylene, we're going to be able to make that per ton of product at lower fuel costs. And if I was at lower fuel costs, then we fit right into sustainability and global warming issues on greenhouse gases because we're making a ton of whatever product might be with less energy. And so that's some of my background is it has been obviously in, in environmental engineering. And so it makes me feel good too that we're, we're, we're doing our fair share for the environment while doing high emissivity materials. To me, it sounds like you're almost double dipping in the environmental area because your product is something that helps with it. But then the product itself is also environmentally friendly. Right. So if you the ethanol industry, if we can, they're, they're already green for ethanol and gasoline. And if they can say that they can make a gallon of ethylene with less energy, now they're even more sustainable. They can say then to their consumers or to their users of ethanol, we're making our gallon of ethanol with less fuel and less CO2 emissions. I hear you talk about a lot of different applications. And to me, it feels like you're you're really not a one-size-fits-all company. You're really taking each customer's need and adapting to their challenge that they present you. We've had a, a lot of different uh, applicants. We, we believe in helping a lot of what we call original equipment manufacturers come to us. And we don't want to get into making lights or making whatever they're making, but they come to us and say, is it reasonable that if I applied high emissivity material or incorporated one of these materials into what I'm making, that I could make it more efficiently, that it would perform better? Heat management is always something that people are looking at to improve, whether it be a race car or whether it be a rocket nozzle or a light. So anything with heating and cooling, people are always uh, looking to make their whatever uh, light or whatever thing they're actually making more thermally efficient. And so we help people there and we don't get into making lights or automotive. We help them 
make a better thermally efficient car or whatever it might be the product is they're making that's what that's what our focus is and in those cases we simply supply the material teach them how to apply it in their production and then they can uh, utilize it then we even allow them to to change the name around from Emashield. in the case of fabric Emashield, it's a, if you look at a tag on our fabrics it says trizar uh, which sub-license with, with the foundation, uh, powered by EmaShield. So not everybody wants to use EmaShield, which is fine with us, as long as we get credit that, that it's powered by us at some point. I like that phrasing, powered by. <laughs> That's literally what we're doing in many cases. When we were developing these technologies and, and adding on to the research at NASA, I ran into a lot of wonderful people at NASA that helped us. And NASA is just a class act, and we still are friends with a lot of them today. One of the original inventors of the PCC still works with us. So there, there's a lot of wonderful technologies that come out of NASA that need to be brought in to everyday use, not just space flight itself, but can we take these technologies, which is what we're trying to do, and make the world a better place. There's so much out there waiting to be taken and, and done like what you've done. Well, thank you. And thank you for having us on this podcast. We appreciate it very much. And that concludes this episode of the Space Foundation Space for You podcast. You can subscribe to this podcast and leave us a review on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, and on Google Play. Remember to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn, and of course our website, www.spacefoundation.org, where you can also learn about the various ways to support the Space Foundation. On all of these outlets and more, it's our goal to inspire, educate, connect, and advocate for the space community, because at the Space Foundation, we will always have space for you.